Duke's mail. Do you get it? Because only the ones that get it really get it. Your friends get it. Your mom gets it. Your grandma gets it. Your neighbors get it. Sometimes a dog gets it. Get out of there. What else? Uh, your potato salads get it. BLTs get it. Tailgates get it. And restaurants get it, too. By now, even you probably get it. So get it today. Made without any sugar since 1917, Duke's is that little southern something that makes good things better. Get Duke's. It's got twang. The Beer Guys Radio Show On Demand is brought to you by Atlanta Brew Box, the experience of Georgia craft breweries with every box, online at theatlbox.com. The Beer Guys Radio Show, Saturday afternoons at 1 on Atlanta's AM 920, The Answer. Streaming to the world at beerguysradio.com. Proudly broadcasting from the AM 920 studios in Buckhead, Atlanta, it's the Beer Guys Radio Show, the only radio show in the South dedicated to art, science, and enjoyment of craft beer. Now, here are your hosts, Tim Dennis and Aaron Williams. And it's the Beer Guys Radio Show once again. I'm Aaron Williams. I am Tim Dennis. Welcome back to the show. And we have got a great show packed for you today, jam-packed of things. And it is the sour power stuff going on today. It's exciting. Tim, how are you doing? Beers. Sour I'm doing beers. Well. How are you doing? I'm doing great. We're talking to uh, Jason Pellet from Orpheus, President and Brewmaster. How you doing today? I'm doing great today. Great. They feel like you're a little bit me- medicated, but uh, but that's I am okay. Medicated. I'm about to get more medicated. That's yeah, right. That's, that's part of the show. Here. Right now, it's just allergy medicine. <laughs> we will uh, we'll apply liberal amounts of medication here. Today, that's right. And we've got the the sensor button on, so we're okay with yeah. that. Anyway, we've got a really busy show for you. We'll get right into it. Uh, Truck and Taps beer of the week. I brought. Be speaking of Orpheus Brewing, Atlanta, their tart plum saison. Uh, that's what we're going to be drinking today. Tim, what'd you get? I have a variety this week. Cool. So I, I, like I brought a few variety in. Variety is so good. That's, I have a, a beer we tried on our first show, Breadomatic. Yes. It's in bottles now, so I bought some Breadomatic in. Uh, I have a Belgian beer. And Jason, you help me with the pronunciation on that one. Gerardin? That Gerard. works for me. Okay. All goose. right. A goose. It's a goose, goose right? Gerardin Black Label Goose is one of our options. Uh, Jason, you brought us a beer. Maybe we'll be one of our beers of the week. I brought some Even the Furies Wet. That sounds great. That is fantastic. Awesome. Excellent. So, well, yeah, that's looking what we got. forward to that. Absolutely. Now, usually this is the time of the show where we kind of like to ease into things, tell us what we drank to kind of have a good time. But news of the week, of course, if you haven't heard, the quote-unquote compromise of the Georgia bill, beer bill was reached earlier this week. And uh, not a great compromise, quote-unquote. Tim, why don't you let us uh, now, know what the details that, are. They're, they're being very liberal with the word compromise. Comprom- quote-unquote so, compromise, yes. That's, you know, some of uh, the media outlets around town have been, uh, you know, reporting this as a victory, you know, saying uh, people worked well together, a deal was reached, has been mentioned many times, and uh, this this really doesn't come across as a deal uh, with, no, with what was not given. At all. So basically what happened this year, just to give a, a little... Uh, a little rundown uh, of what went on. There was a beer bill that was written by the Georgia Craft Brewers Guild and uh, that was going to uh, be sponsored by Representative Stevens. Uh, fairly aggressive bill. Looking yeah. for some really good things. You know, I use the term aggressive, but I only use that term because of the three-tier system that we have here. Yeah, it's it's nothing that anybody wouldn't think it was normal in any other state right. besides us. Basically, yeah. it was going to allow a business to sell the product they made was the big thing. That is that, crazy so. talk right there, Tim. Stop That's it. mind-blowing. It's I don't I don't know if it's safe. It's out of control there, you know. Beer at breweries, 
So I said on Twitter, what's next? We're going to be able to buy bread at a bakery? You know, just it's just <sighs> the uh, world will collapse upon itself. So is that allowed in Georgia? It's I I don't think so. Only you have to go in and you buy a tour of the bakery, <laughs> and then you get a free loaf of bread. But the mm. loaf of bread cannot weigh more than thirty six ounces. So yeah, and it can't be rules. sliced either. So yeah, exactly. right. That's so. just rules to prevent really dense loaves. I yeah, think so. It's very important. light, fluffy loaves. So. Crazy stuff, but yes. what did what did happen with the deal that was reached is the biggest part is breweries were given back what they'd already fought and won for last year with exactly. SB 63. The biggest thing was the ability for breweries to sell tours at variable pricing, which was what was won with SB 63 and went into effect July 1st. Uh, at the end of September, the DOR issued a policy bulletin that, uh, that uh, you know, killed that. You know, mm-hmm. no more of the variable pricing on the tour. So took away what they'd already run. That's that's really important to note, that this has already gone through legislation, been voted on, was awarded and implemented, uh, taken away. Uh, in, in addition to that, they'll allow breweries uh, to host special events, uh, breweries and distilleries to host special events, allow brewers, distillers, and wholesalers to use social media to tell people where, where to buy their product. The important thing there to note is, see, Marquis squinched his face up when I said that. I know why. Yeah. Because that was illegal before. You couldn't, if someone went on your Twitter or Facebook and said, hey, I I really want to get your beer. Jason, if someone went on there and said, I need some Atalanta, uh, what could you say? I could say it's in... Your best local store. That's right. Yeah. You check your favorite local package store. See, that's it. So I couldn't even tell someone to get that. It's uh, considered a thing of value that could be showing favoritism to a retailer, which is not allowed. So so that will be allowed now. Yeah. So that's good. Uh, allow third parties to sell tour tickets and uh, allow breweries and distilleries to sell food on site. Now, I haven't seen exactly how that's been interpreted yet. That looks like that could have some potential, depending on how that's sure, implemented. Sure, sure. So, I don't see much potential there. Well, that's okay. unfortunate. Okay, so I also, I mean, it's nice, but you know, we're not going to put a kitchen in. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Do you make sandwiches? Maybe you could make some sandwiches and sell. Them, we don't so. make sandwiches. No, that's un- okay. we'll be there, I mean, right? I love cheese. Maybe we'll sell some cheese. There you we'll go. See. Okay. But I, I do have to note on the second item, special events. The the deal as it stands now, unless it's changed, as far as I know, because I, I do have to say that when Martin leaked this to the AJC, the deal was not done. This right. was mm-hmm. this yeah. was actually confidential at this point, mm-hmm. and he thought this was a winning thing for them, so he would go say, we all agreed to this, and it was great. Right. Um, that's, well... We don't, we don't want to get is, you in right? any so, trouble or anything like yeah. that, Jason. So, so let's just. Well, to, I've been trying to talk and get some additional information. Yeah. People that normally speak to me and give me a lot of information are saying... We still need to be fairly quiet on this. Sure. So, this isn't solidified. So. Yeah. so, but what I will say, the deal as I know it now only actually says that the Department of Revenue will look into us being able to do special events. Okay. It doesn't say we get to do them. Right. Well, that's, we were going to have another guest with us mm-hmm. this week, uh, Taylor Harper. He's a Georgia craft beer lawyer. Taylor had uh, a, a meeting, an appointment that he had to take care yeah. of, and unfortunately wasn't able to. to to be with us, but he wrote an article and uh, deal or no deal. Uh, check that out on Georgia Craft Beer Lawyer, and he goes into a lot of this. You know, some of the questioning of 
of whether or not some of this is even implementable exactly. under the current laws. Yeah, and, uh, you know, hopefully we'll get him on in a later show, either the next week or the week after that. But, uh, you know, since the Brewers and the Craft Guild can't really mm-hmm. talk, let's do the talking for them. Here's the deal. Direct sales still prohibited. So, again, what we joked about earlier, literally no brewer can sell the beer or sell their product or distiller, for that matter, to the end customer. So, you know, Marquis. Tim, we can't walk into a brewery saying, hey, I want a six-pack of your beer and walk away with it like you would do any other manufacturer. And let's reiterate this. We are one of two states that don't allow that direct sales. Alabama is the other one. And from what I've been reading, Mississippi's Mississippi, the other one I'm sorry, Mississippi. Okay. Alabama allows limited yep. pints on site. But no to go. But so. both of those states are looking at laws Correct. where they will go ahead and go ahead and bring that direct sale to it. So congratulations, Georgia. We are now going to be behind Alabama and Mississippi, and we are the only ones that do not allow a simple business transaction to take place with the end customer. Maybe that'll get some movement. That is absolutely ridiculous. So. And you know what? And and listen, I was kind of vocal on this about Twitter. And we've been vocal on this before. Mm-hmm. Um I will say it again. I invite any Georgia lawmaker who supports this current system to come on to explain. We'll take your call. We'll be respectful. I just want to hear it. But right now, their silence speaks volumes to me. Absolutely. It's uh, And even even not necessarily silence. So some things that went on with this. Yeah. We had some uh, fairly powerful politicians that, that made comments leading up to this about supporting Georgia business and that. that uh, th- there's some information we received from... Uh, an anonymous source didn't want to be named because yeah. of the sensitivity and the information. Uh, but what we're told, the reason this deal happened is from the governor's office and from the speaker that were, they were basically told, if you present your bill, it's not going to go anywhere. Yeah. You know, we're going to make sure this bill doesn't go anywhere. And they were put into a situation where, uh, you know, I was told uh, uh, Stevens backed off sponsorship. That may not be the best way to put it, that he was put in a position where he was told his bill would not go anywhere. And if it's not going to go anywhere, you know, Mm -hmm. then they were forced into a situation. I talked to a brewer that told me this was not a deal. This was a curb stomp by a well-paid hitman. And and here's the thing. And a lot of these brewers and a lot of the people in this industry are speaking on condition of anonymity for a reason. Because here's the deal. The distributors and the brewers, uh, basically the distributors own the brewers because they are the only source of income and revenue that they can have. So if you anger one of your only distributor, you have no other recourse. You basically sign a lifetime contract. So if these brewers are saying some things that make the distributors mad, well, guess what? They can just kind of taper off and not sell it to them. And there's really no recourse except if you want to take them to court for several months. Mm -hmm. And what brewer has the money to operate like that? How ridiculous is it that we're in a system to where a business owner can't openly talk about the rights of his business without fear of hurting his business? It is absolutely ridiculous. And again, we are talking about jobs. We are talking about money. This is not a beer issue. This is a business issue. And we are getting our butt kicked, frankly, by North Carolina and South Carolina. So when jobs have millions of dollars in tourism revenue, and again, hundreds if not thousands of jobs are going to North and South Carolina, well, thank you, Georgia legislature, and thank you, Governor Deal. That's all I have to say about that. Anyway, uh, listen, we're going to stop now and do some more fun stuff. Uh, Actually, we're going to get Jason back on the mic, and we're going to talk some sour beers. We're going to talk about uh, their process. They've got a lot of sour beers. Hopefully crack open uh, what he has brought today. Later on, we'll talk to the guys from Creature Comfort, so keep it here. You are listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We will be back after this. Want more Beer Guys? Follow Tim and Aaron on Twitter at Beer Guys Radio. Facebook, Instagram, and online, beerguysradio.com. The Beer Guys are back after this. 
It's Aaron and Tim, the beer guys. If you're like us, no lunch or dinner is complete without a pint or two of craft beer. Which is why Truck and Tap in downtown Woodstock is always on our list. Tim, why do they call it Truck and Tap? Well, the tap part is easy. They have 12 of them. Bottles, too. Not sure what to drink? All of their beer servers are Cicerone certified. And if you got someone who isn't a beer fan, not to worry. Truck and Tap carries wine, mixed drinks, and even handcrafted sodas. As for the truck part, well, that's when it gets interesting. Truck and Tap features your favorite Atlanta-area food trucks daily. That way, you're getting a different menu every day. Check it out. Truck and Tap in downtown Woodstock. Truckandtap.com. Let them know that the beer guy sent you. Don't forget to drink local and drink Georgia. Now, back to the beer guys. All right. Welcome back to the beer guys. I've had a break. I can calm down now. I'm good. Got to stay worked up on this. I was fired right? up, Tim. Fired I definitely up. was. So we should be. There's a reason to be Absolutely. fired up. Yeah. So before we uh, kind of get into our interview with uh, Jason from Orpheus, anything that uh, you would like to add to the conversation to wrap the whole things up or anything you can say? Hmm. <laughs> can I quote you on that? Yeah. So, yeah, that can be quoted. That can be quoted. Okay. okay you know, good. one thing real quick I do want to cover that's Marquis actually had a question, uh, you know, when we were at our break here. Uh, asked Jason about the restaurant being there and, and, you know, selling beer, talking about brew pubs. And, you know, Jason mentioned to him that, yes, you can have a brew pub with a restaurant. You could have 50% sales. You're limited to the number of barrels you can serve. Mm-hmm. Another thing we really need to note here is brew pubs, again, got nothing yeah. here. So, well, they can use social media. You know, that's that. so they got the, they're allowed to use Twitter now. Yes. So congratulations, brew pubs, <laughs> on your your victory over the Twitter war. Yeah. So. And speaking of, by the way, next week, we're going to be talking to the always interesting Crawford Moran from uh, uh, from five seasons on the West Side and then John Roberts from Max Loggers about the brew pubs uh, going on there. So yeah. uh, that'll be yeah. some very interesting talk. So. so, you know, let's let's move on. We could talk yeah. about this forever. We but could. We, Jason, Jason took his time to come in here he in did. the studio with us. We're going to talk. Uh, we're talking sour beers this week. And that, and uh, mm-hmm. we've just opened a uh, beer that Jason brought for us today. Uh, even the Fury's wet, Jason. I don't even know if I need to take a sip of this. I'm just enjoying the aroma. But why don't you tell tell us a little bit about this beer? All right. So this beer, um, this is a blend of a few different Sauternes barrels. And if you don't, a Sauternes is a sweet French white wine made from the grapes infected with noble rot. Mm-hmm. And so you get. I usually don't tend to like wine barrel aged beers when you actually get the wine character i like old wine barrels where the brett actually breaks down all that character but for whatever reason the sauterne character even when this beer now at this at this point this beer is 16 18 months old um but even when this beer was very fresh in the barrel it was delicious sauterne character or this is a blend of several so anyway so this was a blend of several um and this was blend one. We're actually our first wild bottle release is going to be blend two of this. Okay. That's, that's, when's that coming to us? That is going to, we're going to be bottling that in a couple weeks. That'll be bottle conditioned until May. So that'll probably come out, that may come out at our anniversary at the end okay. of May. Awesome. So, you know, we take our time with our sour beers. Um, we have, you know, so people know about our, our big release sour beers like Atalanta uh, if you come to the brewery, you see that we have a large barrel program, um, but there's been, most people haven't had really much of anything or anything from those barrels. I mean, we started filling them almost a year and a half ago and basically just let them go. That's what these beers take. 
And you had a little road trip this week that's going to expand that barrel program even more, right? Oh, yes. I was in Kentucky. I got actually stuck in Louisville for an extra day. Um, that wasn't for the wild barrels, though. That was, uh, we've spent the last few days filling bourbon barrels with our Imperial Stout, the 12th, 12th flavor. flavor. Yeah. Uh, we also have a whiskey barrel sour, the Minotaur, that a lot of these barrels are going for. But while I was out of town, we had a shipment of 80 wine barrels um, that we are. We actually, this is an exciting week to talk about sour beer at Orpheus. We've spent the last two days doing turban mashes for lambic type spontaneous fermentations. Right. I have I have a turbid wort in my cool ships right now that's going into barrels in the morning. What's a turbid mash, Jason? A turbid mash is basically a super complicated mash. The whole point of it is to get as much a combination of some really fermentable wort with some very hard to ferment wort so that um, the Saccharomyces, the main beer yeast that uh, does the initial fermentation, quits after all the easy-to-ferment sugars are gone and leaves a whole bunch of starches for the Pediococcus and Britannomyces at the end of a very long year-to-two-year-long process. Mm-hmm. Um and there's and there's some other things like this. so there's like we start with a ferulic acid rest so that just to get some ferulic acid it's you can get that out of all grains but um, it's a precursor to some phenols that the Brett breaks down into some very characteristic esters in lambic. Now see, Aaron's mentioned to me before about going too geeky on some of this stuff. Yeah, we went a little bit. We went a little bit, a this, little bit geeky. This there. is over exactly. my pay grade, Aaron. So it's, <laughs> well, listen, but it's fascinating it, stuff. It, it, so. I, I'm trying. I'm trying to say this quickly. I, I mean, I sure, break it down good. more, talk, but I don't yeah. want to bore people either. No, it's so. great. Uh, Jason Pellet, the president and brewmaster of Orpheus Brewing here in Atlanta, is with us right now. Let's let's kind of go back a little bit. Uh, you've got a again a, a vast amount of knowledge about this. What got you started into brewing? What got me started into brewing was really. Um, I got into sour beers. I, I distinctly remember my first sour beer, March 18th, 2009. It was at the brick store, had a Duchess, mm-hmm. and it was just, I guess, looking, it was life-changing. Yeah. I didn't know it would be so life-changing at the time. I just knew that that was totally different than what I had drunk before and just started on this quest. And that really, if you think about it, that wasn't that long ago. No. Um, started brewing... So really got obsessed uh, going to beer bars, trying to find this, buying as many sour beers as I could, kind of studying it, and eventually just getting frustrated with the fact that I couldn't. Well, I was a trumpet player at the time, so even if I could find them. Cantillon, this was the golden age of sour beers Mm -hmm. in Atlanta where there were a lot available. Cantillon was lining the shelves at Greens, if you can imagine. And, of course, Cantillon is a a popular uh, Belgian beer, one of the the great Belgian beers. Uh, One of the greats. Time, we absolutely. can't get them in Georgia anymore at all. But even if you go to places you can get them in the U.S., you're looking at spending a hundred bucks a bottle. Mm, easily noteworthy that one of the, that the reason we cannot get these in Georgia is another piece of drama of our three tier system. Awesome. So, That's yes. true. Yeah. The <laughs> yeah. Im, the importer that brings Cantillon in wanted to change distributors in Georgia. To do that, they had to pull out of the market for several years. Wonderful. So there you go. Another yeah. another nice uh, law that we can that we can have the Cantillon. So, um, what's your background? You said you were a trumpet player. Uh, did you have a background in science or anything like that uh, doing this? I didn't. No, I, I have a master's in orchestral trumpet playing. That's perfect. 
Translate excellently. I mean, that's <laughs> exactly what you want to open a brewery. I have, a, I have a journalism the, major. I feel your pain. So you it's play okay. the trumpet so. to your uh, to your fermenters, right? <laughs> I, I actually hardly touch my trumpets anymore. But it does. That kind of training does teach you the kind of. I mean, this is everything about the brewery is very detail oriented. Have to. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if I really look at it going into anything. I don't know what I'm doing. So I had to be able to analyze it from every angle, every different direction. And that's what, you know, classical music training really teaches you. How do you approach this little thing from every possible direction? See every different way of seeing this little problem. Mm-hmm. That's I've said before, brewing to me, it's kind of like part science, part art, and a little sure. bit of luck and magic in there. There is so. all of that in yes. there. Yeah. Well, you've uh, certainly turned your luck and magic into quite a successful <laughs> enterprise. Uh, congratulations, by the way. You had your one millionth can. I kind of feel like Dr. Evil when saying that uh, off the line this week. One so you got to put your finger up there. So. Mm, exactly. So congratulations on that. Well, thank you. Absolutely. Now, uh, you have, uh, again, say, talking about your love for sours, you also have a couple of other, I guess you'd say, non-sour beers in your rotation. Can you tell us about those I mean, For as well? sure. We actually just, so we've been doing uh, rotating seasonal IPA since we opened. Um, but we just released this past week our year-round IPA, which is just our third year-round beer. We've been, mm-hmm. since we opened, um, we've had just two saisons as our year-rounds. And so now actually getting a year-round IPA is a... Well, probably a game changer. We'll see, I we'll guess. See. They yeah. just went to the distributor today. so Well, congratulations. That's awesome. So we're looking forward to seeing that on shelves as well. And that's well. out in draft right it's now. It's draft yeah. now. That's, it's called soon. the right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Cans are on order. We, we've been waiting another regulation thing in Georgia. We were waiting over two months for Department of Revenue to actually even approve our labels mm-hmm. for us to do this. So yeah. we had to wait until they approved it last week to order our cans. Yeah, so just to remind, the uh, the Department of Revenue, I believe, has to approve the labels before anything is canned or bottled and put That's out right. before they put it to market. So yeah, so we're talking to Jason Pellet, the president and brewmaster again of Orpheus Brewing here in Atlanta. So Jason, I know that uh, we've actually talked about this a little bit before, but uh, y- your branding's very unique. You, the name of your brewery, Orpheus, the names of your beers, the artwork. Uh, tell us a little bit about kind of the inspiration and this backstory there. So the backstory was really, um, all right, so I, I was trying to, and this is just, at the time, this was never going to be really anything but a fantasy brewery, <laughs> but you know fantasies are you know they're fun sure. to have so right. i wanted to name my homebrew and i knew that the beers that i wanted that i was making i had already decided so i had brewed atalanta or the beers that would eventually become called atalanta and lyric ale um i had brewed those and thought that could be the core of a brewery and so i knew that was different than most of the breweries around as far as what the beers were so i thought the you know name the whole ethos around it was different and um, so as a trumpet player, there's this jazz standard called Black Orpheus. And I've actually always just loved the name. Yeah. Like, I, cool. I had no initial tie to the mythology or anything. It was just the name. And um, then I started exploring it. And it was just there was so much there to just feed off of. Like when I was, a, I, I did a lot of compositions and I would just number my compositions and that that doesn't work with beer here's beer number one beer three two <laughs> seven hop experiment two you have some well okay two. so <laughs> yeah, we we still that. i couldn't totally get away from <laughs> yes it. that's right but um excellent yeah. well jason pellet thanks for joining us we're gonna talk to you a little bit later but first we are going to talk to the guys from creature comforts about their souring program stick around the beer guys radio show we'll be back right after this and, uh, 
Hey, everybody, it's Scott from Burn Hickory Brewery in lovely Kennesaw, Georgia. You're listening to Beer Guys Radio, Georgia beer for Georgia people. That's Georgia <laughs> Radio for Georgia beer. This is Tim and Aaron from the Beer Guys, and here's the deal. You've got that one friend, you know, that one you can never shop for. He's got all that cool stuff. Yeah, that guy. Well, we've found something that they don't have, but they're going to want. The Atlanta Brew Box is a Georgia craft beer experience to go. Each box contains tour passes, a t-shirt, and a bunch of other swag from our local breweries. It's fully customizable, and starting at only 40 bucks, it's a great gift idea. It's unique, it's fun, and it is Atlanta. Head to BeerGuysRadio.com, click the link on the right-hand side of our webpage, and that will get you there. It's the Atlanta Brew Box, the Georgia Craft Experience in a box. Welcome back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. Welcome back to the show. Uh, we've been speaking with Jason Pellet from Orpheus Brewing. Uh, earlier in the year, we spoke with the, the team from Creature Comforts. We had a nice long interview there, so long we ran out of a little bit of a time. But yep. we're doing a show here on Sours this week, Aaron. Yes, so we are. We're going to work that back in, and uh, we're going to uh, hear from them here what they had to say about their sour beer program. Today we are speaking with uh, with Blake Tires from Creature Comforts. Uh, Blake, how are you today? Doing well. How are you guys? Great, great. Thanks again for joining us. So, uh, yeah, we just want to give a little primer here kind of on sour beer. As Aaron mentioned, it's uh, it's quite popular, continues to grow in popularity, and uh, everything from uh, you know kettle soured to long-term uh, barrel aging and that. So uh, just could you... Uh, just give us a brief rundown, uh, I guess, an overview of uh, of sour uh, beers and kind of what uh, Creature Comforts works with there. Yeah, absolutely. So generally when we're talking about sour beers, we're talking about beers that have um, uh, acid-forward flavored note to them. Um, so they're going to have a nice acidity uh, and they're going to be tart. Um, a lot of, we tell a lot of people to think about like warheads or uh, lemon heads, <laughs> things in that world. Um, they're going to have some acidity in there. Um, or, uh, you know, there's a lot of culinary influence there as well. Um, a lot of people cook with wine or uh, vinegar and things like that, and it's very similar to taste profiles you're going to get with that. Um, the way we are making uh, beer have acid is with bacteria. So we have uh, a couple different kinds of bacteria. We call them lactic acid-producing bacteria as a group. And um, what they do is eat sugars and produce acid. Um, I think the key for us and what we really focus on at Creature is learning how to really work with those organisms so that it's going to be a nice, balanced acid beer. Uh, we want to have um, nice acidity to it, but we don't want it to be overwhelming. Um, kind of always throw it back in discussion. We will say, like, you know, early 2000s double IPAs, where it's kind of this race to make everything as bitter as possible. And we're seeing that a little bit in the sour world as well, where people are just trying to make very, very, very acid-forward beers. Um, and if you know if you've had our Tropicalia or our Athena, you know that that's not really um, kind of our style. So we, we're working on trying to learn our best to figure out ways to produce a nice finesse with the acidity that complements the other flavors going on in the beer as well. Um, and Tim, you kind of hit it on the intro is that the problem or not the problem, but the interesting part about where we are with this is that there's everything from a sour beer like Athena that we can make in three weeks to mm -hmm. beers that take up to three years to make, uh, when you start looking at like bells and gooses. So, um, right now for us, that learning curve is a lot longer, obviously on the barrel aged things and we're working on trying to. Uh, understand those processes better and learn how to balance that acidity and really make it a nice, lovely beer that's it's got a lot of cool flavors going on. Um, but 
at the same time, you know, we want to make sure that we educate people as we talk about it and realize that, yeah, there's a big difference between this three-week-old Berliner Weiss or this three-year-old Goose. Um, and the flavor profiles and, and respect to the process is very important. Now, Blake, one of the things that, uh, one of the uh, uh, yeast that you use is the... the, uh, the Britannomyces. see, Look, I, this is why Tim's here, because I can't pronounce things. That's very important for me. Brett. There you go. Brett. Brett. I, I, like say, I like to say Brett, Brett and Brett. that makes it easy. Uh, talk to me about some of the popular microbes and yeast that are used in sour and funky beers and kind of what the different uh, profiles is uh, of each one. Sure, yeah. We use, um, so in the lactic acid-producing bacteria world, you've got lactobacillus and pediococcus. Um, those are the two main ones that are going to be providing most of the flavor for an acid-forward beer. Um, they work a little bit differently depending, uh, and they're also very much species-dependent uh, as well. So some lactobacillus strains um, will be very, very aggressive um, and will sour up in the well high alcohol range and through um, hops as well. Um, but traditionally, lactobacillus is a little more uh, stunted in growth by hops, so that's the way we kind of keep it in check. Uh, P. eucoccus is a longer-term, slower-working bacteria, um, and it uh, bounces out with hops as well, but it's going to get there eventually and, and keep working for a longer period of time. Uh, P. eucoccus pretty much has to be used in tandem with Britannomyces, which is the yeast. Um, P. eucoccus produces an off flavor that the Britannomyces actually consumes, so without those two working together, you're not going to have a super tasty beer. Um, Britannomyces, though, while it's often grouped in these sour beer categories, Britannomyces by itself does not make sour beer. It's just the yeast, and, and while yeast do produce acid during fermentation, it's not enough that we would call it uh, a sour beer. Uh, any yeast, um, like brewer's yeast, Saccharomyces, that you would find for your IPA or whatever is going to be producing acid as well. So I know a lot of the uh, Brett We try to separate that a little bit. I know a lot of the Brett beers, uh, you'll hear the term funky, uh, you know, as opposed to sour, yeah. you know, that, so that's... I know that can be kind of a, a broad term, but in general, that's a fairly good descriptor for a Brett beer, correct? Yeah, it is, and it's something that we've been really kind of talking around about the brewery quite a bit is, um, you know, we don't call all, you know, uh, stouts sweeties, and we don't call all IPAs bitters and right. things like that, and there's this general lump of sour beer category, and we haven't really quite figured out how to develop the new vernacular to express the differences in all these little minutiae, like a here's a kettle soured Brett beer, or here's a 100% Brett beer, or here's a mixed fermentation saison, or here's a lager that goes through a barrel aging process with all sorts of bugs and all these different things. So um, we've kind of been looking at how we talk about it and learning how the, maybe we can convey the right message to the consumer so people understand what we're doing. Well, that's and, and using that as an example, I mean, even within uh, Brett, the various strains can produce different characters, just like various hops can produce different characters. You can get a totally different beer with different strains of, of bread as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's funny because we call Brett right now, a lot of Brett beers we're calling wild ales. Um, but bread is becoming very domesticated very quickly. Um, there's many, many labs that we can order Britannomyces from and several strains of them. Um, we're constantly discovering new strains of uh, both Britannomyces and wild Saccharomyces. So, it's a very moving new uh, science and landscape for beer making, um, and you can make pretty clean-tasting beers with uh, isolated Britannomyces strains, and you can make beers that are uh, super cool and fruity, and you can make beers that are very, very funky and kind of what people refer to as like that uh, barnyard uh, horse blanket flavor, um, kind of the classic <laughs> old bread. So uh, just depending on how you do it and what, you, uh, what strains you use, you're going to get a lot of different varieties. 
Now, talk a little bit, uh, just to give a quick rundown of some of the beers that you do uh, along those lines. Uh, you mentioned the lactobacillus, like the kettle, the quick souring. You have the Athena as well as uh, Paradiso variants. Uh, one of my favorites, the guava passion fruit, which every mm. time I see that, I, I, I like to get some of that. Uh, some of your wild elves, you have uh, the Curious and Emergence. And uh, I think I saw recently Emergence is actually going to be coming as a bottle release soon. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. So we've got Athena that we make year-round in cans. Um, we do variations on Athena, usually with fruits that we call Athena Paradiso. And we've done multiple fruit varieties for that one. And we hope to continue kind of explore that series over the next year. Um, and we want to try to get them in cans as well because uh, it's just a little bit easier for people to grab that package when they can see it. So that's something we're working on. Then we've uh, had some bottle releases like Dayspring, Southerly Love, Bretomatic, um, all these kind of play in that world. Um, and then uh, we're working on barrel projects that are coming into fruition now. So um, we've got Emergence, which is a beer that spent time in wine barrels for uh, about a year. Um, we're very happy with that beer. It's got a nice balanced tartness, uh, beautiful wine character from the barrel. It's just a really exciting beer for us. Um, and then we've taken a few uh, select barrels of that and aged it on different fruits that we found from local uh, farms that we work with to produce some new curious beers for us. And the curious beers are a series of beers that we can experiment with kind of small batch stuff to really do things that we're passionate about and kind of interested in. But also take some chances and some risks. But uh, luckily, so far, uh, knock on knock on wood or your barrel, um, they've all turned out really well. So um, coming up, we're hoping to be able to release some of those curious beers. So far, we've just poured them at special events and festivals and things like that. Um, but we'd like to get those in the hands of consumers as well. So we got some cool stuff coming on the pipeline for that. And really, the curious series is all kind of our pilot program or kind of our test program for what we hope to be expanding on is as our our barrel program. Um, within the next uh, year, we hope to get another facility where we can uh, lay down a large amount of wood barrels um, and do also some stainless mixed fermentation beers and try to uh, make that a more robust and common thing you see from us um, that can get into the market so um, people can have more of those flavors from us because it's certainly something that we're passionate about. And we've got about a minute left. Why don't you uh, talk a little bit more about that sour facility that you, uh, you've got planned uh, and how you uh, expect to to work with it and maybe make some expanded offerings when you, you have it built. Yeah, it's uh, it's all very much up in the air right now. We're hoping to find a place here in Athens. We're doing some site selection right now, um, and then we want to get a few hundred barrels in there. Um, uh, we also want to get some medium format, um, like punchins, or about 500 liters. Um, and then we'd like to get some larger format wooden vessels, like uh, fooders in there as well, and some stainless tanks so we can do... Uh, some a range of kind of quicker, meaning maybe four months-ish mixed fermentation beers to really long-term projects where we can do, you know, our three-year beers and things like that. So um, we hope to be able to really define that by working with local farmers and developing a, a true house culture of uh, mixed fermentation uh, bacteria and yeast to really kind of give it a creature comforts flavor. Um, so that you can kind of understand who we are and what we taste like and that as we go forward that we're not just uh, kind of another sour beer on the wall. We really want to try to do something that's special to us. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us. Give us a little information on uh, sour and funky beers and what we can expect from you here in the near future. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Great. Thank you. And we'll be right back talking about what's going on in Georgia beer. We're going to have more with Jason Pellet from Orpheus Brewing as well. You're listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show. And we'll be right back. You are not me. The things that I 
the beer guys know. More after this. It's Aaron and Tim, the beer guys. If you're like us, no lunch or dinner is complete without a pint or two of craft beer. Which is why Truck and Tap in downtown Woodstock is always on our list. Tim, why do they call it Truck and Tap? Well, the tap part is easy. They have 12 of them. Bottles, too. Not sure what to drink? All of their beer servers are Cicerone certified. And if you got someone who isn't a beer fan, not to worry. Truck and Tap carries wine, mixed drinks, and even handcrafted sodas. As for the truck part, well, that's when it gets interesting. Truck and Tap features your favorite Atlanta-area food trucks daily. That way, you're getting a different menu every day. Check it out. Truck and Tap in downtown Woodstock. Truckandtap.com. Let them know that the beer guy sent you. Home brewer, we want to know what you got on tap. Give us a call. 678-861-8-ALE. Now, back to the beer guys. And you're listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show. I'm Aaron. And Tim. Tim is over there, too. Hey, we've got a giveaway to talk about. Uh, We give away free stuff around here once in a while. What's going on? We have got a new sponsor. Actually, they've been a sponsor for uh, just a little while with us, uh, ATL Brew Box. And uh, we need to give away some of their products. It's it's uh, the Georgia Craft Beer Experience. In a box. In a box. That's right. So the ATL Brew Box is a mix of uh, tour passes, T-shirts, stickers, Swag from uh, Georgia Breweries, and uh, all all bundled up together for you. Yeah, very so, cool idea. And uh, we want to give some of them away. Yep. So, so go to our website, go to beerguysradio.com, sign up for our newsletter. And what our newsletter is, is it's the weekly This Week in Georgia Beer. We're not going to spam you. We're not going to hammer you with stuff. Once a week, we'll send you a newsletter uh, Friday mornings telling you what beer releases have come up uh, over the last week, what may be coming up events-wise the next week. What to keep an eye out for. Yes. So sign up for that. It's right there on the very top of the website. It's got like three boxes. You just put your name in there, sign up, and then you'll be entered to win that uh, ATL brew box as well. First so name, last good. name, email, and you're good to That's go. That's all we need. And you'll exactly. be entered in there. And we'll announce our first winner on next week's show. Sounds like a plan. Hey, speaking of, uh, what's going on in Georgia Beer this week? Georgia Beer this week. So today there's actually a few nice releases. We've got three Taverns Heavy Bell. Uh, that's having a brewery release today. Not we Heavy have, Bells. Not Heavy Bells, singular. Heavy Bell there is you go. very critical. So we have Red Hair Evolving Hair Citra, which is their new seasonal rotating IPA. It'll rotate each season with a different focus hop. The first one is a Citra. Uh, we have a Wake and Bake Off on Sunday, uh, which is the second round of that. And uh, we have uh, Red Brick today is doing a barrel-aged vanilla gorilla. Nice. This is brewery only. you got to go out there and get it. Uh, so if you're listening now, uh, head out now. Listen to this, the rest of the show in the car. Or on demand, exactly. So, That's a great beer, too. Is that and bottles or just draft? They're just doing bottles. They're doing bottles. They're going to have some on draft, a couple of the variants on draft for sampling there. Uh, but then they did bombers of a couple. I know they've got a Buffalo Trace barrel. There's a cognac barrel that's super limited. So uh, you have to go get you some of that, Jason. Super limited beer. I may do that. See? Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. And then another beer to keep an eye out for, yep. uh, Southbound Rocking Chair, Very which cool. is an Imperial Nut Brown Ale. So that's what we've got going. Great. Week. Hey, if you haven't heard, by the way, Jason Pellet, the president brewmaster of Orpheus, is in the studio with us. And uh, just want to talk a little bit more about uh, what's going on with you guys. You know, um, Orpheus has always got a unique look out there. You know, you see the cans. They've got white labels with uh, different colors and uh, some really unique artwork. Can you tell me about how you design your cans and, and that type of thing? So the initial thought was actually... Actually, when this was still, like I was talking earlier, just a fantasy brewery, I was teaching trumpet lessons to Sam Parker's kid, uh, Tonrad, cool kid. Uh, But Sam is my favorite Atlanta artist. And in my fantasy brewery, Sam did all of our art. 
And um, so I think it's actually cool we expanded beyond that. But Sam, uh, he's the one who did all of our uh, seasonal IPAs, Transmigration of Souls, uh, Peace, War, Truth, Lie, Life, Death, Life, Truth. I'm gonna he's actually a, a tattoo artist. Back. I'm showing the guys. I'm sorry you can't see this. Uh, he's we'll tattooed take pictures of that. He's up, tattooed a couple of these too, so. on me. Um, so, and kind of going from that look and just expanding and just keeping everything, you know, the, these are all, not all, but mainly tattoo artists, uh, graffiti artists, that kind of thing. It's a very cool look and definitely very unique. So if you are in uh, your local liquor store uh, or bottle shop, you can definitely tell the Orpheus uh, from the other ones as well. Hey, you just opened up a beer. I did just open a beer. So I opened a Creature Comforts Breadomatic. Yes, you did. And that's one we drank on the growl, uh, from the Growler on our first show when we talked to Creature Comforts. They've got it out in bottles now. And uh, we ran short on glasses, but uh, Marquise was very fond of that one and he had to break out the styrofoam. So creature comforts, don't be offended. No, when he's drinking in styrofoam. He had to do it so he could have some. So, I have to. Uh, I'm almost ashamed it. to admit it, though. I did it with Dan, their salesperson. When I drank, see the stars. It was out of styrofoam. Cup I remember in a seeing hotel a picture room. of that. That's the the proper glassware. Hashtag. That's right. So, yeah, <laughs> exactly. So with Breadomatic, uh, again, it's got a little bit of that bread on there, that funk taste to it uh, from Creature Comforts. Jason, what do you think about uh, this beer? Oh, this is nice. What, the, the awesome thing about Britannomyces as a yeast is that you can take it in a couple different directions. Um, you can use it, and this is a, a much more recent development of using it as a primary fermentation yeast where mm-hmm. it, it has more characteristics of a normal uh, ale yeast, except much fruitier in general. Mm-hmm. And that's where all that fruit character here comes from. Like As opposed to even the Furies Wept where... There was that funk there. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of that came from when Britannomyces is a more secondary yeast. Um, it has to work harder, and it gives off much different flavors. Uh, definitely, so this it, is a very nice. This is a very nice uh, version of a kind of primary fermentation with bread. It's interesting to me. You know, I'm having this in the bottle. We had it in a growler a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I'm getting a lot more funk to this uh, than we did before. This is you generally. Um, understood that to really get Brett character to come out, it needs to be bottle conditioned. Interesting. You and really have to undergo yeah, the, the secondary fermentation in the bottle. And it's awesome to see if you have Brett beers, like a beer like this, you want to buy a few bottles of this. Mm-hmm. You want to try one now. You want to put a couple in your cellar because they develop, they change, they get deeper, more intense over time. It's, it's really interesting to see how Brett beers change. They do. Though I do have to say that when you do the primary with Brett, the kind of fruit character you get when it's fresh actually leans more towards funk as it ages and you lose some of that fruit. Now, Jason, uh, we do have a couple of uh, folks, or many folks, actually, who are home brewers. Uh, Tim, of course, being one of them as well. Do you have any tips for any of the home brewers out there if they want to get into sours? I'll say so. Sours is a... Uh, Sometimes misleading way of describing beers. Wild is also a little. There's not a great term. Yeah. So we really haven't developed that yet in the beer community, or at least not over here. The, the sours are used to generalize a lot of beers that are not clean. Exactly. And so I will say, within that broad category of basically beers that don't use your standard ale and lager yeast, that use some combination of Britannomyces and or bacteria. Okay. Um, that's what usually gets described as sour or wild, uh, even though there's some overlap and it doesn't quite work. But Brett is actually fairly easy to work with. Um, you can take you can take just about any beer and after you've fermented it, 
add some brett and there's there's a few different strains that work really nicely um you can take and i love brett especially in pale beers um, but it works in darker beers too um so that that that's probably the easiest way to get into the wild thing is okay. ferments just the nor especially i mean it works great in saisons it works great in hoppy beers um get so just after your normal fermentation is done add some Britannomyces. um getting into a more mixed fermentation yet yeah, there's a little bit more complications mm-hmm. but um i mean the big things to do is just you have to the things that because Mixed fermentations just take so long. So all the all the things you have to be careful about with oxidation and stuff like that, you just have to be more careful for because this goes longer. Okay. That's I've, I actually did a homebrew saison uh, with Brett, and it was a Brett blend. It's a for the for the homebrewers WLP. I believe it's six seventy, mm-hmm. which is a you know standard sack. Is that the American farmhouse? It is American farmhouse. Yep, sure is. And uh, I left that in primary, I guess about four months, and had. Uh, a big pellicle, you know, the thick pellicle on it, and I transferred it, bottle conditioned it, and it's about uh, 11 months old right now, and it's got a nice funk to it, a lot of pineapple, you know, whatever strain it is, the, oh, yeah. the, the fruit in that is just really popping in that one, so it's, uh, it's and it was simple, you know, I've, I, you know, quarantined that carboy to be a, a funky carboy going forward, and, uh, you know, really enjoyed making that beer. I mean, I have to say, to get a pretty good wild beer, if you're patient, willing to give it the time, isn't that hard. Obviously, there's some things you can do to step it up, mm-hmm. but if you just do it and let it sit and let it go for let it go for a year, and you'll be surprised what you come up with. Wars in a place that people mess up with sour beers. I mean, I think the big thing is not being patient enough. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's the big thing with not just home brewers, but kind of American breweries and like professional breweries in general. There's so much what I I think is. First, I'll say there's a lot of great sour beers out there, Mm -hmm. but there's a whole lot of kind of disappointing beers where I think that would have been good in a year, but it's released, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just churned out fast. And I think patience is really important. That's why, you know, we haven't bottled anything from our wild program and we've had, I mean, we're, we're up to, you know, we're almost 18 months in and we're just about to bottle the first beer from our wild barrels. It's just, it's this patience. Patience is good. Jason Pellet, the president and brewmaster of Orpheus Brewing with us. Just a couple of minutes right now uh, left. Uh, Jason, real quick, uh, we usually try to talk about what we drink uh, over the week. Did you have anything of note this week uh, drinking? I had a lot of bourbon. Bourbon, I knew for you. Oh, my God. I was so, because like I said earlier, I was in Louisville last weekend and got snowed in. That's a Um, crying shame. I had to go to, went to Heaven Hill and uh, picked up. (laughs) Picked up a bunch of Heaven Hill barrels, and uh, I don't know if I should say this, but these Heaven Hill barrels had a lot of bourbon left in them. So we've been we've been filling Twelfth Labor into these barrels, draining the bourbon out first. Well, sure. So we have barrel strength, ten year Heaven Hill. That's fantastic. Um, just been yeah. filtering it a little bit. So Tim and I are going coming over after That's right. this. We're to going over this for bourbon after all this. You won't regret it. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Well, we're wrapping up the show right now. Thanks again so much for uh, Jason, uh, President Brewmaster Morpheus. Morpheusbrewing.com is the website. Uh, just look for the white cans of the funky line art. You will not be disappointed. Now, next week on the show, we are going to talk brew pubs with the always interesting 
Crawford Moran and John J.R. Roberts from Max Loggers. We're even for Five Seasons West Side, right? We'll uh, be at Five Seasons West Side, uh, recording on site there. Yep. Uh, talking with them about brew pubs and the special challenges that they those guys face. Yeah, beerguysradio.com. We'll have details there. Maybe you can come uh, by and check us Say out. Say hi to uh, us. Absolutely. Come Sounds by. like a check plan. Anyway, uh, we'll be on the socials. And don't forget, enter that giveaway for the Atlanta Brew Box. Beerguysradio.com is where you go. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show. Miss a show? All shows are on demand on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and wherever you get your podcasts. Follow Tim and Aaron on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Beer Guys Radio. Call the AL line at 678-8618-AL. More Beer Guys coming up next week. Same time, same place, same tap. Till then, here's to you. This is Tim and Aaron from the Beer Guys, and here's the deal. You've got that one friend, you know, that one you can never shop for. He's got all that cool stuff. Yeah, that guy. Well, we've found something that they don't have, but they're going to want. The Atlanta Brew Box is a Georgia craft beer experience to go. Each box contains tour passes, a t-shirt, and a bunch of other swag from our local breweries. It's fully customizable, and starting at only 40 bucks, it's a great gift idea. It's unique, it's fun, and it is Atlanta. Head to BeerGuysRadio.com, click the link on the right-hand side of our webpage, and that's will get you there. It's the Atlanta Brew Box, the Georgia Craft Experience in a box. Duke's Mayo. Do you get it? Because only the ones that get it really get it. Your friends get it. Your mom gets it. Your grandma gets it. Your neighbors get it. Sometimes a dog gets it. Get out of there. What else? Uh, your potato salads get it. BLTs get it. Tailgates get it. And restaurants get it too. By now, even you probably get it. So get it today. Made without any sugar since 1917, Dukes is that little southern something that makes good things better. Get Dukes. It's got twang.